Right. No, I agree with that. And it has like it's a weird like front comb. It combs down in the front. Yeah. And um, it's like it's like he's trying to do the Mo Howard, but he doesn't have enough length on the top for it. Okay. Or it's not full enough. So I always recall like the attempts at a mullet and back though. Well, yeah, but I'm always uh, I'm always uh, thinking about the bangs in the front. And then because he has like a kind of a scar in the front of his head too, it doesn't help that the bang line is real huh. short. I mean, wonder how that got there. Yeah. Let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular. Names from all over the country. Former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars in Conversation Season 3. Brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks, iTunes, and wherever podcasts can be heard, we think. I'm your co-host, Jay Gilkey, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Scott DeMarc to Chris Brown. Not that Chris Brown. From out of town. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who was recently on an episode of the show Late Night Eats, which airs on the Cooking Channel. Oh, we figured that out? Yes. Nice. With 20 years of experience, he's a true Renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the one, the only incomparable, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. We do a lot of fun stuff together, don't we? Uh, he's properly called the teenage heartthrob, Scott DeMarco. I was saving that for you. I didn't I feel right that. saying it, so I you know. that. That was one of my, you know, pride and joy. Yeah, uh, a great guy. Yeah. I really like Scott DeMarc. But hey, let's talk about Late Night Eats. Uh, okay. Um, that was fun. That was a good night. And when yeah, they finally I thought we already building, covered this. Yeah, a little bit, but um, it's on. You can see it. It's I'm on the air. Probably not going to watch it. You were on it. Yeah? Listen, Michael Jackson never listened to his own albums. I know what I look I know I look good. Right, right. We're just, you just another see. time sitting there just analyzing my every fault as I see it? No, I'm not going to watch it. I think you see our backs. <laughs> I should have held in my stomach there. Yeah. Yes, I think you just see our backs a couple times on it. And uh, um, I think I will Really? Because you probably can't see around mine. Um, they show movies on this thing. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, but, uh, tire yourself out, take a few laps around my back, little man. Woo. So check it out, guys. Uh, it's the Milwaukee episode of late night eats. Hit you so hard. You'll starve to death rolling. So you're pretty good at this announcing game. I do. Okay. Uh, you've been doing it for how many years? Uh, it's really smoke and mirrors. I've been doing it about 15 years, I think. Have you really? Yeah. For a bunch of different promotions. Yeah, but primarily AEW for, well, AEW for a long time. Um, not primarily anymore. I'm on their B team now and I'm very happy with that. Which is fine. Because as, as Phil Colvin put it so succinctly, 
Nobody was watching, so we said whatever we wanted. Some people were watching. They liked what we said. Then people started watching, and they didn't like what we said. <laughs> right. So. Fair enough. Whatever. Um, talk about uh, history, a lineage of wrestling announcers, and how important it is getting the product over, right? It's absolutely important. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean history and lineage of announcers? <laughs> I was just trying to sound Going cool. back into the, you know, first the earth cooled. Yes. Uh, and then the parasites. Yeah. No. Uh, so is it hard to do? Uh, well, I mean, it's a technique. Obviously, there are, uh, I am not trained in the art of announcing. Like, I did not go to any sort of voice school or projection school. All I'm doing is playing a character that's playing a wrestling announcer. Sure. And I do everything I think a wrestling announcer would do. Do you which bring, is kind of my entire career actually. Do you bring your own uh Derek St. Holmes into your character on the mic or is it different than the person in the ring? Uh no, I'm still a jerk. Yeah. I mean, cuz it used to be back when I drank and you could smoke inside, it was just Oh, they're gonna let me on a live mic with beer, and I get to smoke cigars all night. Sounds like fun. Yeah, and uh, were you? More- but I have always. It is a bluff for me because I have been, for better or worse, blessed with the gift of gab, and I can spin a line of bullshit. Sure. And that's what that's where my skill as an announcer comes from. I'm just spewing bullshit. How did they find out? Who found out? What was the first? Was there a? Um, someone that said, "Hey, I like uh, I like your Moxie kid," and they got you for in announcing. There? Yeah. Oh well, AAW just said, "Hey, you can talk. Uh, Billy Wack can't make it tonight. Can you sit in on announcing?" And then that was that. Yeah, and like several times in my career, I committed the sin of doing a really good job. So suddenly, that became my job. Was there anything that you were uh, known for, famous for? Do you have any lines? Oh, several. That's a doozy, or something like that. No. No, someone like did a great move, and you're like, "Hot stuff there." No, there's an extensive <laughs> library that you can check out. Is there? Uh, I will Throw state some that. Out. Come on, what do you got? Uh, we know the Marcus Crane experience. Go ahead, name a wrestler. Um, Tweak Phoenix. Name another one. Darren Corbin. N- name an older one. Um, Carl Gotch. Dead. That's just the that's the bit. Yeah, I get those in text messages too. By the way, Kyle, which I'm kind of sad we haven't really done any of those in a while. Everybody died. That's true. <laughs> that's it. Got depressing. But yeah, no, which was stolen from a friend of mine. No, we'd say that there was a lot of other stuff. But what I try to do is the Nick Bockwinkle thing of analyzing what's going on in the ring and trying to explain alternate strategies that could have happened. Sure. Um, which was good for one style of wrestling. It's kind of difficult when you're looking at the Evolve New Japan style that's popular right now. Right. Simply right. because it's very fast moving and kind of repetitive. Yes. Sorry. And so what do, you, what do you do with it? Say the same thing over and over again and Lariato. leave before the main event is out of the ring. Yeah. Um, that uh, I could see that being kind of obnoxious. Now, you were also part of the... <laughs> Uh, something obnoxious. You were part of wrestling. Uh, obnoxious? I just when, don't uh, believe in the fake goodbyes at the end of the night. I got to go. Sure. Um, you were part of wrestling shows where you actually live broadcast while matches were going on. Yes. So the audience could hear you, right? Yes. That was a that was a very central Illinois thing. Yeah. Like, And that was popular in Chicago. I know some groups still do that. Um, I personally don't like it. However, when I was asked to do it i was able to exert enough creative control to do 
do it how I felt it needed to be done. Um, the quick summary is only call what the ref is looking at. Right. Uh, because too many times on the live mic, you've got guys trying to crack wise and get themselves over and denigrate and make fun of the talent when instead they need to be selling the talent and doing all that. And if they can get the talent over, then they will be over. Like right. People will want to see you again because you did a good job at it, not because you were able to chant Vic Capri five foot three. Sure. Yeah, that's stupid. Is he five foot three? I don't think so. I think I met him once. No, no, he's not 5'3", but he is, you know, he's less than six feet. Sure. But we had <laughs> we had an announcer with us in that environment that was, a again, another friend of the office that they wouldn't get rid of that ran at the mouth, didn't know timing, didn't know this, didn't know that. So after a while, you just ignore him and do your own commentary. And he was just doing his own thing. Yep. Just whatever you're doing, man, I'm going to ignore you the rest of the night. Now, you've always been a traditionalist in the sense that um, when we've worked with you, you've uh, been very good at calling moves and holds in a, uh, I say, of a traditional nature, uh, not so much like commonplace flash zippy names. Like you've really gone for some uh, locks and holds. Well, the wrestlers in the ring have to go for that. I like, And that's all stuff that I've picked up from what I'm watching. For example, instead of a body slam, it's a crotch and Nelson lift right. into a slam. Which is great. Which is neat. It's like, okay, I'm going to use that. And even now, I'll still, like I enjoy, especially on road trips, listening to like football games or even baseball at times. Not so much that I'm into the game, but to hear how the announcers can like weave a turn of phrase or sure. something like that. And pull it around. Um, Do you like for, it? For example, out of the song Photograph from Def Leppard, Here we there's go. The, somehow I want to work in the phrase, look at what you've done to this rock and roll clown. If I can, if I can work that into his commentary sometime, I'll be a very happy man. Well, you just need to find a promotion that runs with a rock and roll clown. Almost anyone. Yeah, that's true. Do you like it? I ever told you about the Super Rocker, by the way? Yeah, tell me tell me about Super Rocker. Yeah, I don't want to tell you about Super Rocker. Okay. Do you like it? I'll ask again. What Do you commentary? Like commentary? Well, sure, but um just I'm just I'm gonna shoot here, brother. Is that okay? Hey Is man. That okay, we got enough tape. Okay. Yeah. Um commentary for me, it's very strange in that I get into in order to execute it, one cardinal rule that I learned by fire was don't open your mouth unless you know where you're going with it. Right. Because otherwise you'll find yourself just, ha, ha, and then you trail off into nothing. And that, sure. to me, that's just a cardinal sin. So when I'm doing commentary, it's hard to explain, but I'm like two or three sentences in my head ahead of what's coming out of my mouth at any given moment. Okay. And the result of that is by the end of the night, somebody will say, hey, I liked when you said this. I don't really remember saying any of that. Sure. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm just just constantly generating product that I can't really reflect on anything I've done. Yeah. So it, you know, I hope that makes sense. So yeah, no, for sure. I don't want to come off as being standoffish or dull, but no, I just don't remember it because of the the process. Right. I mean, I'm generating product just like the boys in the ring. Now, when I was first asked to do commentary, yeah, it was a little blow to the ego because they were taking me out of the ring. But then slowly I got to realize that those guys in the ring have eight to ten minutes to get over, but I've got the entire night to get over. Right. So, yeah, It's a good way of putting it. Why not? 
I get to sit down. <laughs> you know, right? I'm not taking bumps. That's right, great. And it all works out. Have you ever get been... to hang out with my friends? You know, um, I'm sure you've called some real clusterfucks of matches. Oh yeah. And um, is it? Do you? I'm. Um, do you just? Just the facts, ma'am, on that, or are you just like shitting on it along with it? What do you oh, do? If you're gonna shit on it, you've got to creatively shit on it. Sure. Um, a trick of mine I like to do is not acknowledge something that's incredibly obvious. Like back when it was called the Chris Candido spot when you wrestle half the match with your ass hanging out. Oh right, right. I just, just never ever. Just never to say it. it. Nope. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because people are just waiting for it and waiting for it, but. No. Right. Not just not not acknowledging it. No. I like that too. Yeah. It's it's subtle. It's very like you have to listen to the notes that they're not playing, you know. Right. Now is there a commentator? Uh, but oftentimes you'll just say something like, Wow, that was a very interesting contest right there. You know, oh sure, like right. That. Right. I but you know, you've got your you, I mean, right now I feel I just operate in nothing but cliches most of the time. Sure. <laughs> so it's the whole oh, didn't get all of it, but he got enough of it, you know. And Do stuff any like guys that. come up to you now and be like, "Hey, man, this is what I call my finisher"? Uh, some guys have. No, I let I let the other guy do that. He does. All I, the I don't know the name of anything. Right. I mean, no, it's just because I'm not a fan. Sure. Uh, in, in the sense of I'm not a fan of what's going on in the ring right now, so I don't care to watch it and learn everything, which I realize I should do if I took my job seriously, but I don't. It's no, been a bluff that I've been getting away with for decades now. Can you, for me, for and one show, what? preferably not ours, but for some show, when some guy does some kind of 450 or some big flippity-doo off the top rope, can you just simply call it a variation of a top rope splash? Oh, sure. I, I would love that. And he just did a variation of a top rope splash. Really, I, I'm more into, like, I'm call, more like into that's the, it. I'm more into the modified. Oh, he did he did a modified, modified top rope modified top rope splash. That was yes. a t- modified top rope splash. Yes. There, that would be hilarious. If oh, you absolutely! Just, yeah. If you yeah, just dumb down do every single move, that's, that's what I do. I love. It. I don't know what it's called, but all of a sudden. You know, now it's my buddy Tyler that I work with yep. at AAW. It's like, oh, here's the. Does Tyler listen to this podcast? I don't believe so. Seems like a lonely guy. No, no, he's an okay guy. No, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. But he's just always talking about loneliness on Facebook. I, I don't get <laughs> I'm just that. kidding. Nice guy. Tyler's a nice guy. Nice I've met him a couple times. He's actually a cool dude. Yeah. Um, Ladies. Yeah, well, he used to do freelance. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that was cool. Um, but uh, I, oh, I, I had thought, a good conversation with Matt Nix the other day. Oh my god! Is that is there such a thing? Yeah, <laughs> just basically said I don't get modern wrestling, but you do, and that's why you're making money. So good job for you. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I would love it if I heard commentary where, like, if a guy did like a standing Rana and you just said like a, a modified veal throw or something, or maybe, but it wouldn't be or whatever, just some throw. move. I don't know. Sna- uh, Do you know why the snapmare? Is called How about the that? Like throw? a modified snapmare. Frank Beal, the policeman from yes. Northern Wisconsin. I'm just saying. Got shot in a robbery. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Seriously? Oh, yeah. His he's got. The, I know he was shot the, in a robbery. I know it was named after the guy. Yeah, uh, he's got a uh, uh, down at that Walk of Fame by the Panther Arena. There's a Frank Beal. Hey, can I just real quickly too? No, you're not going to sell that. There's a there's a Strangler Lewis down there too. I know. I've seen that. Listen to the guy that said that I was stupid on this podcast. It's called a work buddy. Like 
Uh, you should have done this last episode. I know, but this should have been on the shoot episode. But I just want to say, the guy that complained said I don't know anything about wrestling. It's called softballs, brother. You got to throw them out there and have some kind of a conversation. Not that Derek needs softballs, but you got to keep the conversation flowing. I only have one ball. All right. Hey, uh, what announcers did you look up to, or what? Um, uh, what were guys that? Is there anyone you borrowed from, or was there anybody that? Oh, you, I steal from everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there uh, one that you think you go to more often Amateurs than that? Amateurs borrow. Professionals steal. Yeah? Yeah. I, uh, the words didn't process in my head, and I heard amateur Sparrow. I'm like, who's that guy? Who did Amateur Sparrow announce for? And then I got, the, so, I got what you said. Sorry. I took a road trip last week. On the way back, oh, I told you this story already, so you're not going to be impressed. It's Kyle hasn't heard it. Uh, we booked a fictional card based on nothing but impressive sounding wrestling names we could think of so it was very it was a very entertaining car ride there was the one name that was really good that was butch oh bad boy butch bad boy butch i like that. yeah we turned him face because he was in a taped fist match with one punch mcdonald but then oh and then what i didn't tell you about was the irish bodybuilding tag team mint condition oh see that's good came out and Started turning on beating up Bad Boy Butch, which led to the tag of Bad Boy Butch and One Punch going against Mint Condition. This never happened, anybody. Just so you know, it's just uh... One Punch. It's his audience chant. I'm so excited about that. What's that? The maker gave me two fists, but all I need is one punch. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Well, writing that gimmick down. That's good. One um, Punch McDonald. That's all it takes. That's like the Ronnie Garvin bit. You hate to... Hands of stone. Um, like, do, take it down to one. Whittle it down to one. Bring it on down. You don't want to bring it down to one, but you, if I had to, who's the announcer that you'd like to listen to the most? Oh, that's really hard because there's so many... So many people are good for so many different reasons. True. I'll tell you mine. Okay. Lance Russell. Okay. I mean, I, that's our guy. He, to me, he's great. Certainly, yeah, certainly incredible body of work. Yes. Um, I really, there's something believable in his delivery. Yes. That, um, and I mean, I guess it's cliche to say, but you listen to the whole, uh, the whole bit with um, Andy Kaufman, and I believe it was the, there was a match um, where, are you Kaufman, talking about where he's smoking? No, where Kaufman... Well, that's a great one, too. But Kaufman is actually uh, dressed up like Jimmy Hart bandages wrapped around him. Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. And when they reveal that it's Kaufman, because Kaufman had just come back. He had been yeah. gone for a while. And the disdain and the disgust in Lance Russell's voice is outstanding. Like, I just felt like he was always like, come on. Like, he yeah. was very... Like, well, he get- was always the... Uh- you know the the adorable father figure that ran the whole thing. Yes. Plus, he was also the program director at the the television station. Right. So, right. You know, he had a very affable personality and was able to become a local institution. So he's very good. Other ones that are very good, Gordon Soley is very good for calling Florida Absolutely. because of the style that Florida did. Sure. I personally, uh, a lot of people hated him, but I like Roger Kent for the AWA, but that's just because that's who I grew up with and a part, you know. Sure, so, right, yeah. So when I think about the matches I like, the the announcer is usually part of that. Now, on the flip side of this are people that were local, that were institutions, and the people there loved them, but I don't love them hearing them like 
uh, Ed Whalen and Stampede. Okay. Like he was the noted local voice of wrestling. So he was there, Lance Russell. Yeah. And like he was popular because he was an institution. But me coming in later, I listened to it and I just think his voice is kind of whiny. And mm-hmm. then there were also some issues with how he affected the booking. You know, it was just kind of very strange. Um, another one that bugs me is Harry Thornton out of Knoxville, okay. which a lot of people really love, but he tends to call every punch a warp your head off hold. Wow. So it, it just got kind That's of. That's a re- lot of words. Yeah, got kind of repetitive after a while. But watching that footage you know that's what helped accentuate that footage sure uh going back i also liked uh russ davis on a lot of the old chicago but he could get kind of condescending and explain uh like wink wink this isn't real quote unquote oh really well, so he some, would actually some, do that. some kind of goofy stuff like there, there's some things he could have called better to made it more respectable or something like sure that. but like that may have been where the the Crotch and Nelson hold came from. Yeah. Uh, let's see, going going other places. Vince was a very good with the WWF. You know, a very good line of patter could talk. Um, was there anyone that you just absolutely just cannot listen to? Someone that just really just bothers you? Is that well? But wrestling is like pizza, or even even when it's bad, it's still kind of good. Yeah. Sure. Right. Uh, so it's hard to really say as far as who I won't listen to. Yeah. I mean, well, Bob just... Luce gets really annoying on his footage. How come? Oh, have you ever heard it? Um, I'm trying to place it. Oh, it's fantastic. Here we are at the International Amphitheater. Oh, What's going okay. on here in 1974? Let me check. Sure. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Derek was coming in hot on didn't that. Didn't mean to guys. blow the register out. But that gets kind of annoying. But he was also the bombastic personality, you know, so that was him. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's what colors that footage. And most of these guys, anyways, came from backgrounds as far as just doing like radio personalities. Yeah, they're sportscaster. Like Gordon Soley was doing racing announcing one night. And Eddie Graham said, Do you want to be an announcer? Sure. Do you know anything about wrestling? Nope. Perfect. Cool. And that was that. And just brought him over. Yeah. So, but then to his credit, once Gordon Soley got in and saw what was going on, uh, there's stories of him getting in the ring to, you know, learn a little bit more about the holds. So, sure. I don't know if that was his initiation or if it was just a bullshit story, but, you know, right. he seemed to know a lot more about that. And then, of course, going up, you know, Tony Schiavone was very good for a small portion of time. What do you think uh, about David Crockett? Good in his role. I really like annoying, David but good in his role. But that's you know it. he wrestled. Did he really? Yeah, he had a small stint, uh, like in the early seventies, just wrestling on the circuit, so he could learn it. He's my. Uh, I, I like to refer to him as like the Gotcha Man. Yeah, let me explain. Like kind of like the at where Tony Schiavone would deliver the facts. Like, look at they're doing this in the ring. Flair's going for this, and then he would be the guy to go like. Well, you know, Flair's got that belt for you know. He'd say some kind of like uh-huh. kind of like a Gotcha moment, like. Uh, uh, he's got that backup if he needs it, Tony. Yeah. Like he would say that. Yeah, he was an accent. Yeah, yeah. But just to jump off subject for a second, when you said "gotcha man," wasn't yeah. that an old Japanese show? Yeah. But I meant, but, but wasn't that the Japanese version of Battle of the Planets? Planets uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I, but when sure. I say "gotcha man," and when I say "gotcha man," I mean it like Tony Schiavone would deliver some line like. Yeah, like Ric yeah. Flair has the muscle to get this done, and then David Crockett would jump in and be like, "And that muscle's waiting backstage." Yeah, 
Like he was just kind of the guy to be like, and don't forget. He's the best friend. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, Dusty has a great chance of walking out of the uh, Great American Bash, a winner, and be like, let's not forget he won last year's Bunkhouse Stampede. Just that guy. He's just that guy. And I like that. Yes. I just like. I agree with you. Okay. I'm just saying. I agree with you more. I don't. That's good. Thank okay. you. Okay. Agree with me as much as you possibly can. I try to, but it's. What very about. Uh, so AWA, what were all the announcers in AWA? Like the, the, the group that, well, it goes back to Marty O'Neill, right? but I haven't seen much footage of him. He had a rather nasally voice who was replaced by, now when I say replaced by, this is just what I know. I'm not saying it's a legitimate transition because maybe somebody jumped in here or there, but then it went to, uh, Gene Okerlund. But then after Gene Okerlund, that's when you had the Roger Kents and Ken Resnicks. And what do you think of Ken Resnick? I always felt he was like a, he sounded monotone. Yeah, he was very stiff. Yeah, I mean, nice enough guy, but still alive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's part of the uh, that AWA thing that Karch is putting together. Oh, up. gotcha. Okay. Which which I am not going to. I fully support it, but I'm not going to it. Why not? Just don't want to. I, eh. I don't don't feel there's enough of. I don't feel there's enough of the AWA left to really have. Has to make a bad joke. Yeah, I didn't. You know, there's there's a key. Were you one of those guys that was like, if Zoomhoff's not there, I'm not going. No, no, but I will state that there is a, let's just say, a key family member from a prominent wrestling family in that area that I have not seen announced yet. So if they're coming in as a guest, okay, but sure, I haven't seen that announced, and to me, that you would need that. I mean, I'm not getting. I'm not cutting down on Mick at all. I think it's great that he's yeah. putting it together, and I'm glad that this is, uh, you know, something that's available for the people that want to attend something like that. Sure. But okay. It's just kind of like I'm getting to the point where personally, a lot of my idols are all dead. So. Okay. No, and that <laughs> squared. And then I always joke and say that the wrestling dream that I'm chasing has already been dead for 40 years. So, <laughs> so that's fine. It is what it is. Yep. What about out west? Uh, out west, uh, when you go through Texas, um, now it's funny. It's funny when you, especially when you look at the older wrestling footage, and it's just this is who we have as our announcer, and it's usually one guy, and he can be very nasally, and yes. it's all what they bring to it. So there's some old Texas wrestling footage that's just very dry. I'm not, I don't recall sure. exactly who the announcer's with. Uh, Paul Bosch did his own commentary in Houston, which was very good. Uh, when you got out to Southwest, like I don't know who it was for the Funks, but for Blanchard, he had Steve Sachs. Yes. And then also had uh, Rapido Romero. Huh. I believe that was his name, uh, doing Spanish commentary. Oh, really? So what he would do was shoot one television show in the junction, but then have a guy doing English commentary and a guy doing Spanish commentary. But the problem is they were standing next to each other, so you could kind of hear the bleed over on the mic oh, sure, yeah. as things were being talked out. And then it would be strange when they would both try and interview somebody because this guy would be talking English, this guy would be talking in Spanish, and sometimes they wouldn't know who to talk to. It's a bit of a, a just, mess. You'd think you could thought of something better but, sure but then you realize oh it's wrestling it's really cheap wait um help me out with this one my mind's a little bit blurry okay uh for von erics um in world class was uh was bill mercer the announcer yes and then who was the other the other one um, uh, mark lawrence mark La- yeah okay well, mark lawrence was formerly the uh ring announcer okay 
Uh, okay, so have, that's have why. you seen the Von, the the Von Erich docs about Mark Lawrence? I have not seen about Mark Lawrence. I oh, don't know. Oh, no. Unless well, I've seen he, the Von Erich docs and I just forgot it. He later got into the seminary and he's a um, like high ranking in the church now. Really? Yeah, yeah, like a, a reverend in the area. Um, and in the Heroes of World Class documentary, he just states that like the eight years he spent with World Class prepped him more for his congregation than seminary school did. Just learning how to deal with people and how to oh, I bet. their emotions and stuff like that. So, so he was a later one. So at Bill Mercer. Well, he was later because Bill Mercer probably either couldn't get paid or didn't and just went on to other things. And just yeah. But he was also he's an area institution as well because mm-hmm. there's footage of him com- covering when Kennedy got shot. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's a Texas institution. So and Dallas he never left. Like most of these guys were just as we always use the term homesteaders. Most of these. Yeah announcers not until the later days do you actually see the uh ping-ponging of some guys whether it be right. shivani coming and going and uh up north and all right. that stuff because go back to the you know going back to the territory model where you're shooting your tv at the television studio the announcer is the weather guy right or you know right because that dave brown was the weather guy in memphis no oh, okay yeah yeah you know so that happened a lot so a lot of times you'd get an announcer put on the air that was there because he knew television instead of knowing wrestling. So he would have to try and call it. Right. So until they could get the announcers trained, you know, some areas didn't, didn't smarten up the weather guy. Right. Other places, the announcer was the booker. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty funny. You know. They, um, what did you ever think of Bill Watts when he did commentary? I thought he was great. Yeah. He was incredible. He's well-spoken and he knew where the angle was going. So he knew how to get it over. Right. So he was the one that kind of put it into motion. Yeah. yeah. And that's common in a lot of areas. Um, let's see, wherever going out to Los Angeles. Oh, that was always in Spanish, so I don't know who that announcer was. Yeah. Uh, going to San Francisco, they had Walt Harris, who I think passed away recently, but he was like the oldest living person that was still around in the heyday of, of that era, but had acquired had acquired dementia so he didn't remember any of his wrestling career or anything oh like wow that, which is sad but it's yeah. like oh at least he's still alive and i guess he would go to shows or, like you could hire him to come in for it like his handlers would bring him in and he would be grateful that people remembered him but he couldn't tell any stories he had nothing yeah, yeah. he had nothing to offer at that yeah. point so that's kind of sad so that was him uh let's see and then we already covered there what about St. Louis? St. Louis was always uh, Larry Matizik. Yeah. Um, Do you like his style? It kind of reminded me of Soli and that that really nasally voice. Yeah. Worked for what he was calling. Don't know how he would have been in other areas. Sure, sure. Um, you know, actually. Oh, Sammy Manacker was Dick the Bruiser for a while. He was another nasally who, voice. He was the the gangster that threatened ed asner in the sauna in the wrestler oh was he really yeah so but he was the announcer he was the announcer for bruiser he was formerly an announcer and wrestler in australia and even did some announcing for stampede after ed whalen quit at one point really yeah okay so he was he actually had something and then you always had ex-wrestlers turning into announcers because you know 
they made the trips and they knew the business and again they could talk they could get a personality over right but the important thing on announcing is being able to get the talent and get the product over instead of always trying to get yourself over right well because i always felt like chances are you're not funny <laughs> that sorry but i no. mean it is it is the truth uh for those of you that have not had the chance to uh go back i was trying to look and find our episode about uh the movie the wrestler um oh episode 29 Go back and listen to it. Please. Again. Maybe uh, listen to it another time. Uh, the Wrestler and All the Marbles. Uh, two great movies. Uh, one of the things I always remember sticks out in my head one of those moments in life uh, when watching wrestling. And you're laughing. Okay. I always try to be a little dramatic this could on go these almost things. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, there was a point when Hacksaw Butch Reed was... his body was. Hacksaw Butch Reed, I think, was in the um, Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, was he? Where would he have been with Gordon Soley? He wasn't in Florida. He could have been in Florida. Was he in Georgia? He could have been in Florida. Well, I just remember he got very excited before a match. Oh, um, okay. And he actually picked Gordon Soley up. Oh, okay. And then he put him down and Gordon Soley looked like, what the fuck? No, he could have been in Georgia. And then Butch Reed is like, I'm sorry, I'm just really excited. I don't think Soley ever announced Mid-Atlantic. No. Okay, no, well then I'm up, but maybe a Georgia, Georgia then, it would have been yeah. Georgia, so, but I just remember that moment, and I remember kind of being like, oh shit, he just picked up Gordon Soley, and, because uh, you had never seen interaction with um, announcers before. Yes, okay, let me let me finish this yes. tea here, and then I'll get back to Yeah, that. so he's going to take a drink of his tea, I'm going to just quickly say that, um, okay, I'm done. We're quick enough. Very good. Tell me. Uh, one bit that I always like to do is announcing when that stupid stalled vertical suplex came into play. Yes. Whereas everybody else would be counting, I would instead uh, share a wrestling anecdote that I would try and time perfectly with when he took the guy over. Really? Yeah. Were they um, real anecdotes? Or yeah. Was it, it wasn't yeah. just like... Often it was a capsule biography of somebody that had just died recently that I had just read in The Observer that I was just like, okay, here it is. That's pretty great. Yeah. And then, boom, and then back to the patch. Because it's just stupid. Yes. The first time you see it, it's great. The 30th time, it's stupid. What do you do? You like you're, just, you're just sitting there, buddy. Wriggle. You can get out of that hold. Right. Why are you standing there? Um, are you, wait, you're talking about like when they lit like a standing suplex? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think the, when the guy the, puts his hand out and like goes, come on, for the crowd to cheer? Yeah, well, that was, like, the, that was the big spot. Right. That they would just hold the guy there for like thirty seconds or a minute or whatever. Yeah, like this is it's just dumb. I'm gonna go get something to eat. I'll be back. Wow, that'd be kind of funny. Hey, what did I miss? Oh, you missed the rest of the suplex. Oh, okay, that's cool. And you that's know. that. Right? Yeah, just different things you can do to play with the medium. Do you think that <laughs> um, being snarky like that is a good for the business? No. <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not 100 percent, no nope but yet people still do you th i mean you have to be supplying some kind of realism right yeah but i'll also i'll put that in where it's needed sure i mean we did have uh phil and i did have a good line where we had some stellar reviews written of our work really and i used to have them saved of course but no, no, like no, where there's like these guys are really doing a good job yeah what do you think? They said that we had the right amount of snark, but were able to bring realism in it when the action in the ring demanded it. When it needed it. But when that got kind of silly, then we'd go off on a tangent. For example, case yes. in point, 
when they would regularly have people brawl to the outside at the Berwyn Eagles or Berwyn sure. Eagles Club and have people brawl through the crowd on the outside, we cannot see a damn thing that's going on because we don't have a monitor. So it's like, what are we supposed to talk about here? So that would often turn into, so what'd you do this week, Phil? Oh, uh, I built a model with my daughter. Oh, that's cool. What did you build? Yeah, this. Oh, I used to build these. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, the match is coming back now. And then that's that. Yeah. Because right? you couldn't do anything. It's like, okay. Oh, wow. Right. They're in the crowd what again. What an incredible. Can't quite see from our vantage point. Was, um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Cover for me. Do you th- What do you think about when an announcer has a, uh, like a line or whatever? Like, do you think that that's dumb or like foolish? Like, like a Joey Styles, oh my God. Or, um, well, well, like anything, it, anything can be overdone. Yes. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a, you know, as long as it's well done, there's nothing wrong with anything. Sure. But, you know, the, the Joey Styles thing turned into a caricature of itself. Right. To which other people started using it, too, yes. but in like variations of saying like, yes, G Williker or whatever it was, all kinds of craziness. Jillicky Jinkers. Yes, what, yes. What a radioactive. What a. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I I can't remember. I haven't seen The Simpsons in a long time, but I know what you're talking about. Um, Jim, Jiminy Jillikers, I think. Something like that. Jiminy Jillikers. Jiminy Jillikers. Because even like when so many times the words have no meaning. What's his name? Uh, Gordon Soli. It was Millhouse. Uh, yes, it wasn't Gordon Soli that said no. Jiminy Jillikers. Uh, Gordon Soli is the one that coined the phrase Crimson Mask, right? Yes. And did he say it a lot? I feel like I don't. I feel like I'd probably never heard him. I just know that he's the well, one. Well, considering he called matches for Dusty, it was probably. just nonstop, probably. Yeah. Well, okay. But I mean, that was just part of his description, descriptive phrase. That was something that you got used to in that area. Sure, sure. Yeah, I just never, it's like, I, I feel like I'm sure I could find it on YouTube if I was looking for it, but I feel like I don't remember. What? Him saying Crimson Mask in a match. Oh, okay. You know, which just isn't, uh, and they kept him around for quite a while, didn't they? Yeah. Like, till, I, like, he was almost Well, he owned part dust. of the office. Like, he was in. For Florida. Yeah, he had points. But what about then, so was he doing Florida and Georgia? Uh, Possibly, depending on your timeline here. Well, but I don't know. I mean, they I'm only just, had to fly him in for one day to do the just TV for yeah, Georgia, right? Yeah, and that would be because he did a lot of the uh, TBS stuff early on. They're not early on, but that he was doing. Well, that was way late in his career, though. That was way late in his career. Oh, yeah, that he was doing it. Yeah, where he had a lot of makeup on. Yes, because he was often drunk by eleven. So. Yes, and so that I'm always curious on on that one. But that's where I talk about with that timeline for wrestling, where I'm sometimes. It's yeah, because where like how long was he in Florida for? Where was he in? Uh, how long was he doing Florida? Like seventies, all yeah, of the seventies. Yeah, all through. The I don't 70s. know. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. So that I'm proving that guy right. I am dumb. I don't know this part of it. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah, but the <laughs> we're used right, to it. There you go. But yeah, but so he was Florida throughout the seventies. Yes. And then more into the Georgia area in the eighties. Yes. And that's just because yes, Florida, because they wanted to get him on to help expose um, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Okay, but that was also could no, no, because they flew him into TBS, so that would have been Barnett wanting to bring him up there. Okay, and then he did a, a lot of the live events, the pay per views, and stuff like that too. When those started to come in, when those yeah. came in, and that's that's where he was doing yeah. it. 
What about like um, Lord Alfred Hayes? What do you think about his skills? He was all right. He could talk. I mean, he was a manager. Yeah. I mean, meaning he was a manager, meaning he had the gift of gab. So right. I'm sure. Were there any managers or any people in wrestling that you wished would have done commentary? Like anyone that you thought like, oh, no. I bet you they would have been good. Anybody that would have, you'd be. I know. I'm just asking. Uh, I, I'm, no, I mean, but there's nobody that I've said, damn it, if I could have only heard them talk. Well, no, but I'm saying that. I don't know if there's anyone that you thought might be good enough that would be uh, good on, that you thought would be I mean, good nothing, on the stick. nothing that comes to mind, but part of the ingredient for being a good wrestler is being able to have a character and being able to talk and present yourself. Right. So it strikes me that it's a natural progression for wrestlers to do that. Um, but then you've got like superstar Billy Graham, who they tried to turn into a commentator and that's horrible there there's a guy i don't like to listen okay to, superstar yeah. billy graham simply because every there's even vince would say i counted 20 brothers in that match oh really yes brother it like, would just be non-stop but the problem there was superstar billy graham was good about talking about himself he wasn't good about talking about somebody else okay right so you've got to be able to turn that around like I was always, I always loved when Bachwinkle was on commentary because he could say, "Oh, well, you could have done this, you could have done this." Da, da, it's da, a, da. it's a little bit more uh, right. Like he actually yeah, had the, it's analytical and he's got a perspective. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Jesse Ventura? Sure, just there. Yeah, I mean, like sure. sometimes it seemed like he didn't want to work. Well, towards the end, he didn't. Right. I just think it like you see some of that stuff. It was just he clearly was phoning it in. And they still kept him around for quite a while. Even yeah, because he, he had a huge him. contract. Like right. that was the whole deal of he was one of the first wrestling just commentators to get a huge contract just for doing that. Do you think it was weird when they moved Macho Man to commentary? No. You were fine with that. I mean, I didn't think he was good on. Con- I didn't like listening to him. Right. Uh, simply because his voice, like no matter what he said, it was still going to get him over instead of getting the product over. Sure. You know what I mean. Do you feel that there should be always a heel and a face, so no. to speak? No. Do, would you rather be two straight men, one doing color, one? I'd I'd like one to be gay. Oh Jesus Christ! What uh, um do you? But what, that heel part—that's something that wasn't super common up until like Jesse Ventura or, or Roddy Piper or whatever. Yeah. Because I think when Piper did it. Wasn't Piper face? I I don't know. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to ask a question about wrestling. Anyhow, um, did you like Gorilla Monsoon? Sure. I mean, as a fan, I mean, I liked him now, but as a fan, I will admit it was kind of like the same occipital protuberance, will you stop, right, right, blah, blah, right. blah, blah, But every once in a while, he'd throw a little story in there. I do like uh, going back and watching now, especially the MSG shows, where all of a sudden you realize that, oh, this guy's doing commentary by himself. The other guy probably had to excuse himself to go do whatever. Right. And just listen to how they fill time like that. Like when Gorilla Monsoon talks about he's retired, but all he kept was his knee pads because he puts them on when he does housework and stuff like that. (laughs) Which, I might add, works. Does it really? Yes. That's awesome. I have an old set of knee pads in my cleaning closet. So, What about, um, what's his name, Bruno Sammartino? Were you surprised? Never heard of him. Yes. Well, were you surprised when he started doing commentary? No. Well, one, I wasn't around. But no, these guys were old at the end of their career. I mean, it's not like, oh, I can't believe they did commentary. But wasn't, didn't they bring Bruno in when wrestling was in one of its heyday periods? Didn't he, like, because he had retired by that point, and, like, Vince brought him in, and it was, like, when wrestling was really moving and shaking? I mean, that's when Backlund was champ. 
but they wanted to keep him around because he was credible and legitimate. And, yeah. You know, so the accent was just power. so strong. But that's what people were used to hearing there for 20-some years. Did Blassie do commentary? Uh, I don't think so. No, because he was always managing, unless it was a guest thing. Ah, I'm here to talk about my guy. Sure. Yeah. No Fuji? No, Fuji was horrible. <laughs> what about uh, um, Captain Lou? Again, these are all... I'm just asking no, I, questions. I, I can't tell if you're being real or you. No, being I'm serious. Like, these what, did, 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 no, these were all managers that you saw at ringside. I understand, so they but they never commentary. really did. Uh, do you like when wrestlers jump in on commentary? Like in, uh, I mean, I know it's usually part of it is to set up the match. Or I just whatever. whatever you say this, do you like this? It's like I hear this as, were you ever thirsting to see this? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm just asking really for your no. opinions on stuff. Okay. okay, that's what I'm saying. All right. I just so like when a wrestler right gets down, so, so when a wrestler comes, I think there's a difference now when we see wrestlers that come down and do commentary, and it isn't that great. And then you see when someone was like standing at the podium with Tony Schiavone and talking back in the day, uh, a wrestler like watching another wrestler compete. Um, still trying to do the exact same thing, but do you feel that they, uh, they're just not talkers that much anymore? Well, not anymore, no, but they also don't have commentary like that. Sure. I mean, like the WWE commentary, they are, they're fed all of that. Right. So to me, that's not quite as impressive as, you know, hey, we've got to fill three hours. Like where do you you're, go? You're that? on commentary. Here's your format sheet. What did you ever think of Paul Heyman on commentary? I thought he was good. But Paul Heyman was a good wrestling mind. Yeah. So he's able to, like, he conveys the passion, yeah. so to speak. But again, able to convey a character and with the ability to talk. Right, right. Did Vern do a lot of uh, commentary? Uh, yes. Not great? Well, you're smiling Not at me. Not really, especially with the later stuff. Because uh, I just read a story that uh, somebody had posted about a Vern commentary story. Like what? But I don't want to get into it because I, I don't have this person's permission. Okay. But but I will state that it gets uh, frustrating, especially on some of those Comiskey Park shows where Vern's doing commentary. And at times he struggles to find the words to the point where you're like oh is this where that was starting to hit or? oh sure right yeah where the so, br- the brain is kind of going a little bit maybe yeah it was kind of yeah it was hard for him to find words sometimes so did um full fashion there was larry nelson did he was just kind of a brief stint in awa wasn't he i mean well he, yeah he was there at the end but he was a dj Right. So, but he didn't. Um, he was a DJ that wound up getting like partial work, and then uh, somebody didn't show up. And then that's how he got into yeah. the mix. Or Ken Resnick left, and he was there. Where's Ken Resnick nowadays? Do we know? Uh, still lives in the Twin Cities. Okay, doing but doing some, something up there. Yeah, appears to be doing okay. I'm he did uh, WWF for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he had to shave his mustache. Did he really? Yeah, because Vince, for whatever reason, at that time did not like facial hair like didn't want didn't have other than hogan didn't have many baby faces with facial hair and now you see that product up there it's nothing but bushy beards and it's a different product non-shaving dudes it's it's a different product they're pulling from a different talent pool and the business today has vastly different goals than the business that i appreciated do you like them bringing in better or worse it's just different do you find it slightly uh, not slightly. Do you find it uh, upsetting now when you see them bringing in sports announcers for WWE? I don't even. You don't care. even care. 
Right. No. It's not like who who would they have to bring over for to really make a splash as a sports announcer coming into wrestling? Sure. And I'd Joe say, Buck. Joe Buck, Howie Long, you know, anybody on that Fox football what about thing. Costas. Bob Costas just retired from uh, NBC. He'd be a good one. He has a story with Vince for some reason. Oh, because Vince was like doing the Vince character, like talking to him, doing his like Costas. Well, like his real sports on HBO. And he was kind of doing his shtick. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was like his wrestling like, getting too offensive or whatever it was. Well, back in those days. Oh, God. Do you like Mike Adamley? Uh, I don't really remember too much about him. What about him on American Gladiators? Big hands. Did you like him on American Gladiators? I never watched American Gladiators. Did you know in Florida there was an American Gladiator style medieval times restaurant? You no, could I actually didn't. eat and watch American Gladiators go on. Okay, that's awesome. Would you go? Uh, I mean, if we went down there, if I took you to Florida, would you go? If I didn't have to expend any effort, sure. Well, it's close, so you don't have to worry about that. But it was around for a few years, Why? which is pretty cool. Why did we do that? Tell me, give me a, a memory of an announcer, something that stands out. Like, I, you know what? Here, let's do it this way. I'm going to say an announcer's name. First thing that comes into your head. Okay. All right. You ready? Do we need theme music for this? No, we don't need it. No, we don't. All right. I'm going to just keep throwing some softballs here, okay? Okay. Because um, I'm going to forget some of the names we okay. talked about. Uh, let's start with, uh, we'll start with Ken Resnick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, not very. Tony Schiavone. Uh, very good when he was young. Yes. Didn't like him when he got older. Do you like him with or without a mustache? With the mustache. Fair enough. Um, Bill- uh, he was a minor league baseball announcer. That uh, Ric Flair gave the nod to when they needed an announcer. Said, "Give this guy a try." I was like Tony Schiavone. I thought he was good. It was okay. I didn't like the when he was being tough guy Tony Schiavone. Yeah, in the later days when sure. he was wearing his leather jacket. It's just like eh, no. They really you, you're goof, not, you're they turned him into a dude. goofball when it was like later WCW. You have like Hawaiian shirts on with yeah, Mark Madden and that not, bullshit. It's not good. Yeah, that was like every two big guy at a comic book convention wearing like a. Marvel Comics Hawaiian shirt. Right, Kyle? Uh, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Um, the one. Uh, how about Bill Mercer? Oh, great. Yeah, nothing. Very good. Uh, a lot of people made fun of He had some little quirks, but again, every announcer had their little quirks. Like Some people jump on him calling a sleeper a sleep hold or when he called sure. and said Nord the Barbarian was from Norwegia or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's wrestling. Yeah, whatever. What about... Um, what about... Um, that, just, was, that was cool. That was very cool. No, I'm just trying to come up with some yeah. guys here. I want uh, you to... Charlie Platt from Continental. Very good. Uh, kind of facially looked like Tony Schiavone. Sure. But uh, very good for calling the action for the Fullers. Okay. Let's see. Let's try and move our way up. So he was in Continental... Uh, they had Boyd Pierce in UWF, uh, yes. or Mid-South, He of the Jackets. Hey, here's one. Uh, uh, that wh- Kyle just showed you on his phone? Yes, because I, he reminded me of him. Okay. Uh, what do you think of this Mike Tanay guy? Oh, he's uh, incredible. Very knowledgeable, yeah, right? Yeah, very knowledgeable. 
Like he's uh What are you setting me up for? I'm not setting oh, okay. you up for anything. No, he was very good and I liked him because he did a uh radio show out of Los Angeles or Las Vegas, like okay. Wrestling Insiders at one time. Um and I think did I order some I had some episodes on cassette tape of his radio show or something. Oh wow. So it was very good. That's like how'd you get that? I ordered it. Like actually uh, ordered cassette yes, tapes of his radio like, show. Like in the classified ads that used to be in the yeah. back of the Observer. Or actually, I just found a bunch of my sheets. There was one called Matt Marketplace, which was nothing but classified ads for wrestling stuff yeah. with a, the occasional article. So they were just like bootleg somebody taped the radio no, show? No, they were them? from Mike Tanay. And you get them with the little... And was it just Prince him doing label? bumpers? Like, and no, that no, was... it was his show. He had a radio show. Oh, I thought where he, was, he gave I thought you he was, news I about he was the a happenings DJ. of professional. Here's Kaja Gugu, a too shy. Yes, that would be great. And then it would just click, and then the next one would be like, "There's a traffic jam up at the uh, 462." Well, looks like those fools in Congress have done it again. <laughs> right? Ha, exactly. Ha, ha. Here's the police synchronicity too, and then just that. I thought that's what it was. I didn't know he had like an actual wrestling I show. Liked Lawler's little. Because Lawler spent time as a DJ, too, with his little playing the stacks of wax from the backs of the racks. Yes. Love that one. Um, that, uh, uh, yeah, that is good. Yeah. Well, all right. So I think we did it, uh, hey? What do you no. think? Is who there more? We who do, who we, do we not have, get? We got to have more. Uh, each area had their local announcer. Who was uh, Bill Kirsten was in Central States. God, a lot of these announcers had really nasally voices now that I think about it. But it could have been the quality of the sound equipment they sure. had too because these were all shot to videotape and everything like that so that pulls Who's us portland up. portland was frank bonema i believe okay uh but he yeah he was there forever like he's on all that footage that's on youtube yeah let's see so we got portland san francisco los angeles nobody's in arizona mexico uh I believe the Mexican announcer at one time was Dr. Alfonso Morales. Oh, nice. But he's dead. Um, <laughs> let's see, Southwest. I don't know who the Funks had for theirs when they were running. Let's see, Dallas-Fort Worth was Bill Mercer. Yeah. Continental, Charlie Platt. Da, 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 Florida there. What names you got? Oh, he just he showed show me Jim, Jim Ross. That's the obvious one. Oh, sure, Jim Ross. Um, he's got his own podcast he doesn't need our rub that's fine but but he came along later in when uh mid-south turned to uwf but before that it was boyd pierce sure when they want to replace him that's when jim ross got the nod for that and i think we covered everybody in the middle of the country how about um what do you thought about uh what are your thoughts about like puerto rico uh do you ever oh hugo savinovich yeah and uh bobby jaggers one of my favorites. And then Hugo Savinovich married Wendy Richter for a period of time. Yes. Uh, Jerk. I had a great tape, um, Hot Night in Bayamon. Oh, sure. Yeah, you've talked about this before. Where the Batten twins turn heel or on commentary. Yes. Over the course of the night. Yes. They start out babyface, and by the time it gets to the main event, they turn their heels. Yes. It's a great. Is that the one where Mike Davis gets the glass? And then they got to sew them up on camera. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a great, uh, great good show. Stuff. Uh, but yeah, so that was Hugo Savinovich and Bobby Jaggers. But again, this is all the footage that we've been able to digest through the magic of um, 
you know youtube and stuff sure like that. right but like that's one thing i love is finding a new area and you know hearing their commentators and seeing how their tv is put together again lately i've been going oh we forgot to cover like les thatcher oh sure yeah for uh, sure who's been in several different areas uh he was very good but again knowledgeable um he's a guy that was able to do any like literally any part of wrestling from you know selling cokes to owning a territory like right he, like he, 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 he did done, done everything well. so he's very good plus the people they had come in with him um let's see that's knoxville we did indiana who was in ohio that was like johnny power so i don't know who was on any of that sure TV, but i don't know if any of that footage still exists well the announcers are definitely an integral part of the yes. wrestling show. The announcers are the voice. They are the host that uh, is able to translate what's going on in front of the people and be able to explain them in a way that it arouses interest and gets them interested in what's going on. I often wonder how the regular fan, the kid and dad who don't read the dirt sheets, that don't know the ins and outs but watch the monday night raws or the watch the wrestling going to the arenas and seeing the show i'm always curious how that translates to them without commentary because commentary is a very comforting thing when it comes to wrestling good i'm glad you brought this up because this was the big thing with the live commentary yeah well people are used to watching wrestling on tv so they need the commentary to me that it appeared to me i perceive it as taking them a step out of the action because instead of being involved in what's going on before them they're waiting to hear what's going on before right. them so it takes the people out it's it's like because i've been watching old footage i love uh like when wrestlers came out before music oh sure because yeah. there would just be the dull buzz in the crowd and then all of a sudden, like somebody would see a head coming a out of a slight roar a coming. Slight, yeah, and then it would just slowly build as either there'd just be a huge wall of booze coming as whoever, you know, and just walk to the ring and get in. And or and then the face comes at a nice slight jog and suddenly the shh. And if it's Carrie Von Eric, he always gets tangled up in the rope. That is the guardrail. Well, to be fair, he had a lot of people tugging on him. Sure. At any given point. Still want to figure out that the damn sportatorium looks like. As far as I'm concerned, it was there was a big hole cut in this. Okay. There's a big hole cut in the middle, and that's where they set up the bowl of the bleachers. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. But they're so close to a river plane. Like, I don't understand how they didn't go under the water table for that hole in the middle of the. <laughs> or is that the I, problem? I, I don't know what to tell you. And then the plumbing was supposedly very substandard. I bet. As, as per our friend Jay Doherty. But I also recall reading in the Observer back when it was tore down that there was one group that went through there, and when they lost their lease on the building, they took all of the fixtures with them. Of course. Like stripped all the faucets and everything, like all of the operable metal, and took that with them. That's what you do. Sure. You get that money on the trade-in. Sure. Well... We don't have to live that hand-to-mouth lifestyle. We're rolling pretty big, you and I, right? Sure. <laughs> it just I look back at that wrestling dream of, dude, I want to be a territory wrestler, and it was kind of shitty. It was the shits, for sure. Yeah. I agree. All right. Speaking of the shits, man, we got to end this. If you can tell I'm losing my voice. 
All they needed was a six-pack Cadillac and arena rat. But, you know. Well, all we can offer you here is some uh, tater tot uh, sat. What was it? Tater tot what, Kyle? Chicken pot pie. Yeah. Which is delicious. Chicken pot pie with tater tots? That's right. Upside down. Kyle made it for dinner tonight. and um, Kyle makes it every night. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, Derek, thank you very much for talking about announcers. Do you have any announcements to make? I feel like we missed somebody. I we, don't know. We send, probably send have. Send a comment in, and uh, we'll comment back. Yeah, we'll do something like probably that. Probably while I'm avoiding work. At- that That's pretty good. So, for Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Thank you. Our sound man, Kyle, and myself, I'm Jay Gilkate. A blues singing Jay Gilkate. I'm losing my voice, guys. It's the worst. Anyhow, you've been listening this. You listen. You, you've been listening to Cigars uh, and Conversations uh-huh. with Derek St. Holmes Esquire. That was the blues. Dun, 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 dun. And we'll see you next time. Jimmy Page is a thief. Man.